Ladies and gentlemen, here is the latest bulletin from the Intercontinental Radio News. Step into the This is Macabre Grimoire with Airy Show, Travis Nye, and Robert Maley. There was another display of Aurora last night, so brilliant that at 1 o'clock a.m., ordinary print could be read by the light. The effect continued through this forenoon, considerably affecting the work of telegraph lines. The Aurora's currents were so regular from east to west that operators on eastern lines were able to hold communications transit uh, messages over the line between this city, Boston, and Portland. The batteries being discontinued, or the batteries being disconnected from the wire. The New York Times, September 3rd, 1859. Hey everybody, welcome to Macabre Grimoire. I'm Erie Show here with Robert Mailing and Travis Nye. I feel like you might have never met us before. You said oh mailing gosh. with a question mark. I know, it's like I have this like piece of paper in front of me and I'm just like, <laughs> so nervous. Um, we're talking about the Carrington event. That was a that was a quote from the New York Times, like Rob said, in um, 1859. And basically, um, it's, I don't know. I mean, I know what it is, but how do we, I mean... When solar storms attack. Yeah, when solar storms are dun dun dun. Up next on Fox. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, it was this massive like solar storm that really affected everybody. Like I don't know how many years ago. I don't do math. How long ago? So we'll just say super long ago, and we'll just agree it was super long ago, back, right? Back in like olden times. Yeah, back in yeah. the olden days. That's a phrase that you always say like, when you're kids. Yeah. <laughs> and you mean like literally like and five you, years yeah, ago? Yeah, you're talking about the nineties. Yeah, <laughs> it's not even that long ago. So, um, I, so I, yeah, like I did a bunch of like reading about different like, um, accounts on people outside of just, I don't know, just like different sources and stuff like that. Um, you have like this nice write up, but, um, how do we, how did you want to, uh, I can dive in and you guys can chime in when you sure, want to, Sure. but I'll just give people a brief idea of what it is. So the Carrington event, also known as the solar storm of 1859 was a powerful geomagnetic, uh, solar storm. That uh, where the sun ejected a giant coronal mass ejection, uh, and it hit the Earth's uh, magnetosphere, and the effect of this basically the magnetosphere is basically like an invisible force field that our our magnetic poles and our you know nickel iron core as a planet produces that protects us from like cosmic rays and radiation and a whole lot of different stuff. Well, it can only protect against so much. And sometimes these solar storms they, that we get hit directly, we're far enough away that radiation is not like a huge issue. It's not like a gamma ray burst. We're just going to nuke us all. But uh, what happens in these particular cases where it's like super powerful is that we're just far enough away that we don't get the radiation, but mm-hmm. our ionosphere gets pinged really powerfully with uh, uh, lots of electromagnetic interference. And the practical effect of this is that Basically, like an EMP or an electromagnetic pulse, where it's, uh, it can, you know, anything that conduct electricity is going to pick up on some of these currents. As we described there in the quote from the New York Times back in the 1850s, uh, back then when this major storm hit, because the Carrington one is the one of the like largest recorded ones, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it, uh, telegraph lines were especially vulnerable to it so they would pick up the current and there was just so much electricity in the atmosphere that the lines were picking up that literally they could send telegrams across the country and, yeah and not use a bat you normally have to hook up a battery oh yeah it's just, it's just like no battery needed because it's just this giant metal cord so it's just picking up all this electric it's tesla's dream all this electricity exactly. down from the sky and powering right. everything I, until it blows stuff up right you know. so i saw that like basically if they had their batteries connected there was like a lightning bolt that like jutted out of like one like op- phone operator's forehead and like arced into like the floor or whatever like it was insane so they're just like oh let's just unplug this stuff for a little while let this kind of chill out yeah power surges mm-hmm. really bad yeah with the old timey batteries and stuff and they didn't you know they you know they kind of knew what was going on because richard c carrington is the uh, british astronomer who first spotted it because it was facing towards england when it first or the earth was when it first started so he that's why it's named the carrington event is that he was the first one that 
that spotted it. He actually, because he had a special sun telescope, and he diagrammed out the sunspots and where the coronal mass was and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. So we know surprisingly for the time a lot about the incident. Travis, you look like you're saying something. No, I keep hearing something. I'm trying to figure out. A squeaker? Like a squeak? Is that you? Maybe it's me. I don't know. I'm not hearing it. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Nice little side tangent. I'm just so used to it. All right. It's, It's just the mice in the walls just... You're, you're fine. Enough. Oh, man, I got a good mouse story later. Okay, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that was a little tangent, but okay. So um, here's the, the, the reason I want to talk about this event, because, I mean, it's just a quirky footnote in history, except for the fact that, you know, that's the 1800s. Telegraph right. lines are, like, the only technology around. Right. There's a whole lot of doom saying out there about if an event like this were to hit today. I would kind of like it, honestly. What about you? Um, well, you're... I don't want to die and have, like... Do <laughs> you think you would die? Like, do you think... I, I think our... Do you think our stuff is grounded enough, though, that it wouldn't completely be fried? I think that maybe we would just not be able to use our devices. Well, what it would do, specifically, is that it would blow transformers. Yeah. Especially all over, like, the Northeast okay. United States, if it hit right. Right. And uh, so it would cause, like, a major blackout. And transformers are expensive and complex to build. mm -hmm. So, uh, like, the document I sent you guys from Lloyd's, uh, where they did, like, a very in-depth analysis about past power failure similar to the Carrington event, the Carrington event itself, and then, like, the cost of it, because it's an insurance company trying to, like, plan for it. And uh, they said that they, they figured that if any number of... Even a slightly significant number of transformers were damaged. The power outage could be like five months. Yeah. So no power for five months. So now you're like, well, we could do without because you just just couldn't use your cell phones. But it's and not. It's more than that. Like you could. There'd be no lights. There'd be no. I'd have a little bit of lag when I play Fortnite. <laughs> just a bit. <laughs> no. Like a five month lag. <laughs> You just write down, step forward, shoot yes. to the left, yeah. and then just put it in an envelope. And it's going to become like the old like typewriter, but DOS versions of games. Yes. It would be so interesting. Okay, I don't, I don't want it to happen. It's probably going to happen, but it would be interesting to see how, basically how we all adapt and like try to like continue with, I mean, the majority of what I do is electronic based, and I think you... Yep. You as well. So there's like no way I could uh, that I would even have a job. I mean, we would have to figure out different jobs. I mean, how would you know? How would money work? How would you know society operate? I mean, I mean, part of it would be you know as far as like communication and stuff. It's like okay, well, you still have mail. Like you can still communicate through letters because admit posters. Can you? You could. Why couldn't you? I wouldn't be able to find an address without an electronic routing. Uh, yeah, about that. What? Because you're. Because you, who delivers your mail? Well, the post office. Could with you drive trucks with gasoline? Yeah, but from gas still... pumps that need electricity. Oh, I see and what you're from saying. Vehicles if, that have electric starters. If I gave you a handwritten letter and said I need you to deliver this to Boise, Idaho, could Pony you get Express. it there? Could you well, get it? There? I would have. Yeah, I would do it. It would be several days, but I would do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I just think it'd be very interesting. I. I'd be I don't... super terrified just because, I mean, basically anybody anybody on dialysis or anything medical oh, is super yes. dead. Oh, yeah. Everybody's super screwed that in that aspect. Yes. Oh, so weeding out the weak points. I mean, we're going to be strong <laughs> when we come out of cool, this. That's cool, Travis. That is so not cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I can't let's, believe you went there. Let's keep the eugenics to a minimum. <laughs> All right. Yeah, Jesus. Sorry. <laughs> uh, but no, it, and then, I mean, I, you know, to get into the, the weak and the strong, it's like... Unless you've got some gigantic food stores or, uh, like, giant plot of land with a bunch of arable soil and food, like, human food that I don't know about, we're all, like, three days away. Mm. So it's, it's like, you know, it'd be the people in the hospitals and stuff would be the ones in trouble first, but after about a week, we'd all be pretty screwed, too. Right, right. Because, yeah, like, your, like, plumbing systems, your... Fresh water filters and all yeah, that stuff. I mean, your, your water is all delivered by electrical pumps that pump water up into the water tower, and then right. that's what creates your. I think your maybe smaller towns probably might be fine because maybe some of them not aren't all converted to electrical, you know, electrical or whatever. 
What? Don't you think so? Like some 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 super small towns that haven't like. I suppose been if you modernized. have like a well pump on your land. Yeah, like, like if you have a well pump. What powers the pump? I have a manual. A I used hand. to have a manual hand pump. Oh, you're talking about like a. Okay, I don't think there's any towns that would have a water system like that. <laughs> Come Maybe get like your flip, water, dude. But. Uh, but, you know, I could imagine a few farms that still have that. But I know farmers and stuff like that. It's just like right. even a lot of the farms anymore, they, they have old wells they could bring back online. Right. But a lot of them are pumping in a lot of their water uh, through, like, Mid-Dakota Pipeline or Lewis and Clark Pipeline or right, stuff like right, that. Right. Apparently, I don't know a lot about how towns work. <laughs> uh, you should yeah. play SimCity. It it's, really I do it play SimCity. <laughs> I, I mean, we'd be really, really screwed. Like, well, yes, yes. Fortunately, uh, just so you guys know, you might be in with me, but you need to be nice because I do have a pretty healthy food storage in my basement for like a two-year storage. But how long can we live on donuts? Well, it's not all donuts. I, it's okay. sugar. I mean, there's yeast. There's there you go. Oh, I see sprinkles. What you're no, I do actually have good food storage. Nice. Plus, there's always uh, like my whole family's like heavy on like survival stuff in case. It what? Yeah, I know. Um, so one of the best places to get a water supply if something were to happen is actually your hot water heater because there's about yes. fifty gallons just hanging I, out. Yep. Yes, I read that in a book. Uh, I don't remember the title of the book, but basically they had a an atomic bomb went off in California, and they had to figure out how to survive, and that was one of the things that they did to survive yeah. was a hot water heater. And the the main character in the book was really bummed out that the water was really hot and not cold and refreshing because, you know, hot water heater. But, yeah, so. Yep. I forgot. I read that in grade school, not even kidding, like something like a tragic event. Human beings seem to have a, like, because I remember reading different apocalyptic things. Oh, sure, yeah, like, yeah. Like a plague out, like something from my weekly reader that had, like, a plague outbreak in London or something like that. Mm-hmm. That was just some throwaway teeny bopper yeah. novel yeah. about it. And this like, but humans have been telling that same story over and over and over yeah. for thousands of years. Oh, yeah. The, the one thing, though, that I think they get wrong, and I mean, we could do a whole episode about apocalyptic scenarios and mm-hmm. stuff like that, and post-apocalyptic mm-hmm. dystopias and stuff, but, uh, you know, like, Cracked does a really good job that, of, like, analyzing and stuff. It's like, they looked at societies where it's, like, that have, quote-unquote, broke down, mm. and they're like, actually, no, like, the Mad Max thing doesn't happen because people aren't... Believe it or not, people aren't monsters. Right. What happens is your familial ties and your neighborhood and stuff like that kick in. So, like, uh, the examples they used were, like, Venezuela and Egypt during that revolution where oh. they had for, like, three years where there was just a total breakdown of law and order. Mm-hmm. It's like each neighborhood kind of, like, cordoned off its boundaries, and it was just the local men from the neighborhood with rifles were, like, you know, guarding it, and they were kind of like the night watch and stuff gotcha. like that for that neighborhood. And it's like people still organized and right. started, you know, it's like that's what human beings do. It's just, right, right. You know, it would break down to a much smaller or local, smaller level. Right, yes, yes. But uh, yeah, the, the electricity thing in North America, I mean, it would be. It'd be bad, because that's the thing I've always heard about, like, the transformer shortage and stuff, where it'd be, like, there are people I've heard say it'd be, like, two years to Jesus. get all the power back. Mm. Yeah. And, like, the I did see, like, the the financials on that, too, that just, we're talking, like, billions and trillions of dollars. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, getting into, like, an example of a past, very similar scenario, where a much smaller uh, event in 2003 hit the United States... Uh, this is an example that the Lloyd's article used to talk about oh, yeah. the effects mm-hmm. of it. So in August 14th of 2003, the electricity went out in a large swath of the northeastern United States and southeastern Canada. The blackout affected the states of New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Connecticut, Vermont, Ohio, and Massachusetts. About 50 million people were without electricity. What's funny is I was camping when this happened, and we were all sitting around in a camper. But it was like a really nice electrical camper with kickouts and TVs <laughs> yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. And I was just like... And we were all just sitting there like eating our like Indian tacos or whatever oh, crazy yeah, camping sure. food we'd made. Watching on the TV as like people were walking home across the Brooklyn Bridge because... You know, it was total gridlock and nobody could get out of Manhattan and stuff like that. Oh, wow. So how crazy would it have been, though, like, if you were in that scenario and, like, just camping around no electricity. Yeah. The Carrington event happened you go back home and, like, what's going on? Yeah. (laughs) Like, just come back to nothing. Yeah. And I I, I need a button that just says this line for me. We could do a whole episode about, but we could do a whole episode about uh, people that get 
out of the loop on like time and stuff like it was much more common you know back in the day oh, yeah sure. but i remember like one like mountain man or person in alaska that like that only comes down once every 10 years or something like that i remember in 2009 when he came down for supplies and found out about like 9 11 and stuff like oh, that oh jesus you know and then like one that we will do an episode on down the road is the you know some of the japanese veterans that were on islands that didn't know and didn't believe that japan had surrendered Oh. So they kept fighting World War II through, like, the 60s and would, like, take some poor local what? villager hostage or kill him or something like what? that and get supplies and stuff. And so, yeah, you had this handful of Japanese scattered on these little islands of the Pacific cut off from all info that would fight and fight and fight and kill for, for <gasps> Japan II, from yeah. World War II. Jeez. But it's, like, the 60s, and even, I think, the last one was, like, in the 70s. And... Uh, they all got to be almost what dead was, or dead by not now. Not a tourist spot, was, for sure. What yeah. was messed up about it, though, was uh, for one, I know at least one of them where the Japanese government even brought in, like, so it was, like, his commanding officer yeah, and, or, like, the next one in line, because obviously his commanding officer was with him when he died. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it was, like, people he would know from the military being, like, you need to come out, you know, we've surrendered, blah, blah, blah. They brought out, like, his family, like, his son, who was now fully grown and stuff like that, came out in the speaker out in the jungle, like, looking for him, and he just figured, it's like, no, they're prisoners of the Americans now, and they've been brainwashed. So you went totally and... nuts. Wow, that's, like, Jeez. Rambo status. Yeah, wow. it was basically, like, first blood. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Like I said, we could do a whole episode about that, <laughs> about that guy alone, but, Jeez. uh... I'm gonna have a sounder for you from now on. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna come next episode with a sounder. Next chapter, sorry. <laughs> Every time you say we could have a whole episode. Bing Absolutely. <laughs> so let's see. I think the one thing that I like most about talking about the Carrington event is how many people never knew these things existed. Like these yeah. solar flares. And now that social media is so present, people like freak out about them. It's like, dude, these have been happening forever. Yeah, but they like, get like a whole pack of people that think it can't happen. Yeah. Because they think all science is really? just I, yes. I feel like, well, yeah, there is that. There's a lot of people that, to it. Yeah. Um, it's just like the thing with the internet in this era is that it takes ideas that are attractive, whether they're good ideas or bad ideas, and whole communities build up around it. Yes. There's no societal like pressure to like. You know, like, like that's ner- dumb. You know, like it, that's not it, right. It sucks that it's like on the one hand, it really liberated and helped a lot of different groups. Oh, that, yeah. that uh, you know were were really oppressed or repressed or looked down upon, while at the same time, it also lets you know the, the wackos come out of the woodwork God. that like take it too far. Yeah. yeah, and there's no like voice of reason amongst them because they're all wackos. Yeah, there's no appealing to authority anymore because uh-uh. everybody's on an equal footing as far as data yeah. and information. Yeah, it's kind of funny, but not. <laughs> yeah, and it's like a terrifying Black Mirror dystopia kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, he, here's Lloyd's quote here on the, the risk of a solar storm for uh, like a future Carrington event. Uh, the total U.S. population... At- at risk of an extended power outage from a Carrington level storm is between 20 to 40 million. The durations uh, with durations of 16 days to one to two years. Mm. The duration of the outages will largely depend on the availability of spare replacement transformers. If new transformers need to be ordered, the lead time will likely be a minimum of five months. The total economic cost for such a scenario is estimated at between 0.6 and 2.6 trillion U.S. dollars. I have a problem with that number. I think they should have said between 6 billion to 2.6 trillion dollars. No, a billion is too low. But 0.6 is billion. So that'd be 600 billion. Yeah. So they say it. So then they should just say. <laughs> You don't so do they, math, so they I just wanted to. They just wanted to stick with the. <laughs> I the get trillions. it. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have even said anything. <laughs> <You're> uh, <laughs> um, I think my favorite part of this, not my favorite. I'm, I'm, I'm really morbid about this whole thing. Like I think it's gonna be exciting. <laughs> I, I really do. 
just because it just be so interesting. But um, you're, you're the, like the people who are who are like when the purge was implemented in the purge universe, we're just like, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> Let it burn. Let's see what happens. Yeah. But um, I guess the one event was the one that happened in 2012. Like it was a Carrington level event that was that was going to hit Earth, except it missed us by like I think it was like seven days or nine days or I guess that's like what a measurement of like. I don't know, Parsing. like yeah, like yeah. Uh, distance Parsing. from Earth or whatever. <laughs> so I thought that was really fascinating that we were that close to having a Carrington level event in 2012, but it never even hit us. So I it, I think that just further the, furthers the um the myth about it, like that we don't even think that this could happen because 1859, like ah, who knows anybody who lived in 1859? <laughs> like they can't tell us, you know, like how are we gonna? No, for sure. We're basically their grand, you know, their great great grandkids, and you know, we're reading their stories. And we're thinking, yeah, that's bullshit. They're crazy. They don't know what they're talking about. Like people are so dumb in eighteen fifty nine, and then you know, but scientists are like, no, you guys, this this can like legit happen, and we're like, well, that's bullshit, you know. But then it it could have happened in two thousand twelve, but now it's like back on like a different cycle. I guess what is it they think like every one hundred and fifty years is like when like a big event can happen. Is that kind of how they? They, yeah. like, forecasted it's, it? It's And it's geologic kind of stuff, which means that... Well, I had a geology professor one time was like, whenever they're predicting, like, earthquakes or volcano eruptions or something like that, he's always like... They always give an estimate, and he's like, and when it's geology, always add plus or minus one million years. Oh, jeez. So, <laughs> so, so when they... Now, they didn't say that in this report, right. but when they're saying that one of these events can happen around once every 150 years or so right uh or 100 years uh, some of them were saying it's just like my ge- but my geology professor's just kind of like would have been like yeah but <laughs> because we're looking at like the history of the solar system right. there's like huge variation in mm-hmm. that every 100 years kind of right thing and you know it's just like one little decimal point of variation that seems you know, minuscule in the geologic terms could be like the entire history of Western civilization is this little point. You know? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I just thought that was like super fascinating that that because it missed us so bad, people probably it's they're like it's never gonna happen, like or it didn't happen. You know what I mean? It's so like nobody's gonna take it as seriously as they should. And in my research, I did find at least one YouTuber who uh, is super convinced that. Uh, of the Carrington lie that the Carrington event is not really a thing that happened. And he had this dictionary from the 1860s that didn't mention the solar storm. And so that was his like primary source that it's like, well, they didn't mention it. So it's like, so clearly it's just a thing that they've made up recently to try and prepare people for the EMPs or something like that. I literally had had an encyclopedia that was written in, like, the 1960s. And according to my encyclopedia, JFK was still alive and so was Martin Luther King Jr. So it was like, I had a really hard time doing book reports. (laughs) But, but like, if I lived my life according to that particular one, you know, then my whole world would be rocked, you know? That's true. So, I mean, if he's just going off of something published in, you know, 1860, you know, well, it happened in 1859, you know? Publishing took a lot longer, so... His logic is really, really dumb as far as, So dumb. And then I was just like, well, maybe there aren't that many primary sources. But no, in about two seconds, it's like, oh, here's the, like, actual clipping from the New York Times. Right. From, you know, like, the day it happened and reports all over the country. And it, and it's not like it's just the U.S. And it's not like, a, so, like, a conspiracy theory would have to yes. involve the U.S. and England, who b- didn't like each other at the time. Right. So the idea that they were both, like, in cahoots is like, yeah. Yeah. No. Was yeah. this printed on April 1st? No. Okay, so we're good. good. It's got to be real, then. Good yeah. question. Good question. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> good question. That's, that's something we should always cover in this show, is like, did this thing get released on April 1st? Oh, God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Son of a bitch! All right, so that's, that closes out. this chapter. We're going to have to do some more research. Yeah, really. Oh, my God. <laughs> and this has been Five Minute Macabre Group <laughs> It'd be hilarious if we got trolled about a story and, like, as we're, like, talking about it, we realize, like, it's a huge hoax. We're like, yeah. fuck. Like, and gotcha. <laughs> I figure that will happen eventually, so? like, in the researching and stuff. I hope so. It, it might be we pull the, you know, no, if I hit that, I don't think I'd pull the topic. I'd want to tell the story about, yeah. like, That's why I man. thought it was <laughs> yes. real. Yes, and, yes, absolutely. Yeah. 
God damn it. That'd be amazing. <laughs> um, never mind. It's a different topic. So. Continuing. Let's get yeah. on that. So solar storms. What What do you guys think? I mean, it, you know, you, you see, Ari, you seem to be opin of the opinion that, uh, um, you know, that it wouldn't be that big of a of a deal. Well, I know it would be a really huge deal, but I just want to see like how but not society... for me. It would be a big deal for me. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I know I would suffer. I would absolutely suffer because I really love air conditioning and I, if it happened during the summer, I'd be so pissed. But like wintertime, I'd be like, well, I think I could handle it. Be anyways, but, um, but you seem genuinely concerned about me when I'm all like, it won't be that bad. And you're just like, Honey, no. Like, it's going to be so bad. People are going to die. And I'm just like, yeah, but, well, like, how bad? Well, I, I think it's interesting because I had a coworker that uh, uh, that I was talking about this topic with. And he was very, like, no, we almost had one in 2012. He's actually the one that put me on to the Lloyd's oh, science paper. Oh, good for him. And, uh, you know, he's just like, no, they had the near miss in 2012. And it did direct hit this one geo satellite or whatever in orbit. And it had like nine like bugs or errors in it for a little bit, but then it bounced back and was oh, was okay. Yeah, yeah. And so he, his argument is that if it did, ha if the Carrington event did happen mm -hmm. or a solar storm of that size, that it'd be kind of like, oh, there was a power outage for like four hours in New York today or something. You know, it's oh. like it'd be a very like a brownout. Yeah, it'd be more like brownouts. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if it. Yeah, because I've heard and, of those. And I, I suppose that's probably just as likely, if not more likely, that it'll be like, if it does happen, it'll be more like a mild inconvenience or like a right. isolated regional thing. And the Lloyd's paper really got into some fascinating stuff about like the different soils in North America, like oh, how conductive they are, yeah, and how that affects uh, a solar storm, how it like impacts the ionosphere, mm -hmm. and how it impacts. Uh, you know, what's happening on the ground and talked about the Northeast is particularly vulnerable because of its soil combined with the fact that it's coastal. Sure. And so it's like between those two factors, there's a lot of conductivity right, right. there. Plus it has the oldest transformers mm. in North America. And that's why they think it's the most vulnerable region. So let me talk about transformers for a second. Cause in this <laughs> paper, <laughs> in not that Travis. So, <laughs> So they're talking about how transformers would need a lead time order of a minimum of five months. But okay, but if the majority of the of the of the public is employed via electronics, you know, but basically we do all of our business, you know, electronically now. Uh -huh. So basically, we're unemployed. We are now employable people who could be working on the transformers and therefore maybe speed up production time. Wouldn't you imagine? It would work the exact opposite. So, like, you can't just, like... Do you know how to build a transformer? No, you could train me to build a transformer. That would take about how five months. I'm going to train you. With your papers. You have manuals, people. Okay, so you have been building transformers for 20-some years. You bring in a class of people. You train them. You kind of, like, rough test them to, you know, weed out the idiots. And then you put those people to work. Like, that's how I kind of imagine this would, like... I live in a utopia, so <laughs> I guess. Wartime I munitions production like, scenario. Why, why not? Why Why couldn't some people be employable to start building new transformers? I'm sure they'd bring some people on. They'd hire some they extra would, people. They to... would have to. <laughs> I, just, I wonder if they're hiring I today. just like your, your civilian conservation core model where it's just like they're just going to take all of us programmers and everyone out of the office buildings are going to empty out and we're all going to be in the streets turning our cars into transformers and yeah, stuff why, like that. Why, why not? <laughs> I, th I think that would be a, an excellent solution. In fact, we should all start training now on how to build transformers. I'm going to... Okay. I'm going to go to school. I will learn how to build transformers. She's so going to save the human race. I'm going to yep. save the human race. I'm excited. This needs to be a comic book. <laughs> I'm just preparing. I'm trying you know? to think like... the world. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to think what percentage of people like actually just know how to build a transformer. Like, Well, the people who build transformers, first of all, let's start there. Their bosses, probably. Okay. And like people maybe who like... 
are around them, like spouses and kids or whatever, because they hear about how transforms are potentially built. Because you come home, you bitch about your job, right? And you're just like, so-and-so put the thing in the thing and it didn't work. And now I couldn't be hard. I could do that. Well, we're going to hire you when this happens. Because, like, I have a rough idea. You know, like, you probably have a rough idea about what your parents did for a living and maybe a little bit on, on like, how to do some of the things of their job. I mean, a really, like, light idea. I'm not, on like, my actually... laptop, like, every day of my life, and I couldn't make one. I know a lot about them, but I couldn't make one. You couldn't, like, just figure it out? No. Oh. oh. That's how <laughs> you know I live I mean? most of my life is figuring stuff just, out. It's not just, like, figuring out how to make the Transformer. You need, like, a journeyman machinist to, like, create the metal, and then the rare earth, you know, materials have to be shipped in from... Wherever those get shifted. Are you hypothesizing or do you absolutely know? I just, I'm just curious. I like, do know Transformers. Yeah. Contain rare earth metals. Okay. Okay. Let's start there. Yeah. I do like know crazy that, magnets and. Yep. I do know that it would require a lot of metal machining. Mm-hmm. Uh, and heavy industrial fabricating and stuff like that, right. which are not things you can just set someone down in front of a keyboard and a machine and have them pump out. That's like, you know, there's as much art. As there is oh, I believe to, it. I totally believe it. To metal work. I'm still optimistic that I think we could work out something. Oh, I think we'd work it out. I just think that I'm with Lloyd's that it would just like it would be pretty catastrophic, and you'd have like oh yeah yeah trillions in damage. And I I don't I don't see a Carrington event ending civilization. You know what I mean? No, not by a long shot. No, definitely not. It just would suck. And it would kill a lot of people. It would kill a lot of people. I shouldn't laugh when I say that. It, it would kill a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> See, now that was more like demented, like, mwah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> I'm going to kill all the children. But I think, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm hopelessly optimistic about a lot of things. So that's... No, I, lo- I like the optimism. Yeah. I just... Uh... I think it would be more efficient if each person just made their own solar power or wind energy than trying to actually group you know, together to build a yes, transformer. Yes, I totally think so, too. Yeah, and that's one of the things that down the road, uh, as our, you know, if our power grid were to become more decentralized, mm-hmm. it would be much less vulnerable to this. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So one of the things I'm wondering, though, okay, so like electrical grids and everything, when the Carrington event happened, like the quality of wire, essentially, that was probably like just a, thick gauge copper wire most likely Mm -hmm. um so i wonder like i don't really know anything about wire uh like as far as details and currents and all that stuff how much wattage or voltage went through those cables compared to the wiring we have now would the thicker wire hold up better which i assume it would but would the amount of wire also compensate for that and kind of dispensate the amount of power going through so that way it doesn't affect it as much you have to think about like the metal and like how much like the metal conductivity and right. stuff like that and how much wattage it can handle. Because yeah, because a, a tele telegraph wire like back in the old days would be a thick damn copper yeah. wire. Yeah, more than it needed to be because back then copper wasn't as a, quite as expensive and rare as it is right. now. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and that seems to be it. Seems to be bigger things are more vulnerable. Yeah. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So that's why. In the Northeast, there's lots of transmissions lo- transmission lines yeah. uh, between transformers and substations and stuff like that and the actual sources of electricity. And so those large lines seem to be what uh, what would pick up... Okay, Trap, what are you laughing about? What did I do? I'm trying to hold it in, but we... <laughs> This was pre pre recording when you're talking about the Jim Silent Bob thing where you put the thumb on the oh, forehead and had the demon voice when your throat had that bubble and that's what I heard and I feel like you just went like <laughs> demonic on telling me about these transformers and the cables. So in order to catch the transformers, <laughs> yeah, that's what I heard. Inside joke time. <laughs> oh man, man. All right, I'm glad I got that out because yes, you're fine. I was in and out of trying not to crack up laughing on. On the mic, but... You better now? Whole side tangent, I'm good. Okay, now cool. <laughs> I'm good. I'm just like, I feel like we need to print up some volunteer for the Transformer Corps t-shirts. Yes! yes. Just have a picture of, like, a cartoon Transformer with a smiley face. Yeah! Right? Make it all look all Fallout-ish. Yeah! yeah. Fallout-inspired, not, like, yes. violating their intellectual Right, property. exactly. Yes. yes, absolutely. Yeah, the grunge effect will be totally different. Yep. Yeah. Neared and reversed. Yep. 
<laughs> Stop giving away my secret. <laughs> well, it's funny because at the very beginning when you read that little opening quote talking about how the sun like ejected these flares and all this other stuff and the atmosphere couldn't protect us, it started sounding like a job for Space Force, honestly. Like they oh God, should be protecting us from this. That's not it. Like that wouldn't even be their job. You don't know. You what don't are know. they gonna do? Just like go out in space and like they're hover gonna, out with like they're gonna big shoot. metal shields? Yeah. No, they're gonna shoot the sun. Oh. Yeah. And they'll just keep shooting at God. it until it stops. Yeah. Yes. Until, until it gets freedom. <clears throat> right. It's gonna be a combination of like that big dome from the Simpsons movie mm-hmm. and like Roman soldiers with the big shields. They're all gonna be floating out there with jetpacks, creating one big aluminum shield Damn, which isn't going to work great because they don't actually have oxygen masks because they're dressed like Roman soldiers so it yeah. just, oh. it'll be a whole bunch of dead bodies floating independently with little rocket packs could you imagine being an dope. alien like co- coming into on that bullshit just be like the fuck are these people yeah. about but just think how dope their cape is going to look though with no gravity like it's going to be floating so majestically well Maybe. yeah kind of because like the <laughs> There's a whole thing with the flag that they put on the moon and, like, why it waves and why it's got the wire in it to, like, hold it up and stuff like that. Capes behave very strangely in, in a vacuum. But, anyway. Fabric not, would be... Yep. Yeah. We're not. That's not what we're here. That's not what we're here to talk about. What are we talking about? We're going to talk about survival no, supplies. Should we talk about survival supplies that they suggest, or...? Sure. All right. So, here here are some uh, survival tips from FEMA and, and the internet on things that, you know, you should have on hand for any kind of emergency, but especially like a a Carrington event type emergency. So flashlights, which are called torches by our friends over in the UK, which bothers me to no end. I know! Because I'll be reading a book and they'll be like, they brought the torches closer, and I'm just like, these people not have goddamn flashlights? Oh, that's right. (laughs) Get the torch batteries. Why does your torch need a battery? Oh, Yes, I've had moments like that also. I totally get it. A good supply of fresh batteries. Candles, long-burning ones, in glass. Lighters or matches. Propane or kerosene lanterns with fuel. Fuel for your generator, if you have one. Got one. I was going to say, um, the, the list didn't have generator, but it has fuel for a generator. <laughs> so step nine is going to be like, we're going to go take the generator. <laughs> yeah. Still Jesus, your neighbor's this list generator. just got dark fast. Okay, yeah. so when we had that ice storm back in 2012 or 2013, um, you know, our entire, you know, the entire city of Sioux Falls was pretty, was affected pretty badly. Well, our area, we were without power for like five days. Mm. And there was some asshole, and I have no problem saying this, there was some asshole in our neighborhood who had a generator and was clearly powering his house via the generator. This son of a bitch had his fucking Christmas lights on <laughs> via, via the generator. It was the most infuriating thing. It was like, you are, why are you powering <laughs> your Christmas lights? First of all, it is April. Like, oh. You do not need your Christmas lights on in April. On behalf of the baby Jesus, fuck you. Jesus Christ. And those who are listening who aren't from here, yes, we had an ice storm in April. It, it, yeah, we typically get like a really bad like storm in April, and this one was like a, just a massive ice storm. It knocked out tons of trees and power lines, et cetera, et cetera. Anyways, this neighbor of mine was like running his fucking Christmas lights through his goddamn generator all day and all night. So is this a story about how you got your generator by eating that neighbor? Oh my god, yes. So <laughs> it was like the purge. I'm kidding. Um, that motivated us to get our own generator. Of course, we got it after we got our power back, right. you know, just in case. But we've actually used it on sets and stuff since then. But oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. So it's actually come in handy. Um, but god damn it, that guy, I wanted to like, he's moved out since. But I just wanted to be like, the fuck, man? Like, why do you need your Christmas lights on? It would Because make, he can. Miracle. It, yeah, right. It would make sense if he was using it like in his house for like light lighting i don't know like you know like not as like obtrusive lighting but like outside for decorative purposes like what are you trying to prove here well it kind of during that same ice storm i was actually at a grand falls casino that's where i was working Mm -hmm. and uh i was kind of in the maintenance department and it was always interesting driving there because rowena that little town in between oh yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. my parents live next to it they uh, they didn't have power for like three weeks 
Mm. It was it was out for that long, but uh, the casino was actually ran by a generator that they have, mm-hmm. and it went through about six hundred. I think it was like six hundred gallons of diesel every three days. Jesus. Yeah, it was like a three hundred gallon tank, and they had to come fill it about every other day, day and a half, yep. something like that. Yep. Um, but at least they opened it up for people, and I'm like, yeah. you understand, like, if you shut down half the casino, how much juice you guys would be saving? Yeah, really. But, like, the pool was open, the hot tub, like, oh, like hell yeah. as well. hundreds of Okay, machines. so I know where I'm going in the apocalypse. Yeah, no, yeah exactly. Go to Grand the Falls. casino, because actually Grand Falls is uh, run on its own grid. It's a self-sustaining grid. They have their own water purification, their own geothermal. Nice. Um, if basically the world went to crap, they could still operate fully functional. Nice. I worked at a place like that. Yeah. They could operate fully functional. Yeah. And they even had, like, Chick-fil-A and, like, Subway and, like, all these, like, different, like, restaurants inside inside this office building. Got a McDonald's right in the back. Oh, my God, yeah. That, too. <laughs> I mean, Starbucks. I mean, you were dentist office, doctor's office. I mean, it was, it was yeah, it was intense. So, so, nice. yeah. So, uh, As we mentioned mentioned (laughs) earlier, and then uh, water, keeping at least five gallons in a container, like in your garage, or like you guys were talking about the water heater. The thing my family always said was like, you know, fill your bathtubs as soon as the power goes out. They make a huge like water bladder for that that fits specifically in a tub that you can fill. Yep. From your water heater? No, no oh. just from the it'll, lines. It'll keep pressure oh. for a while. For for a while, you'll have water because it pump how it maintains it is it puts it up in a water tower yeah. and then pumps it down. So, basically, use it while you got it. First come, oh. first serve. Get it while you can. Exactly. Man, I don't know any of this. That's why you, we're okay, talking you literally about. wrote on the document. I keep at least five gallons in a container in the garage. Is that you or is that FEMA? Uh, that was. Keep in mind, this is a mixed list of FEMA and then other stuff I found on the internet. So not so you? So this, this is not me. Oh, I, I, would, was... I wouldn't keep water in my garage because my garage is filthy. I'm like, so. that's... <laughs> you delete it. You don't have to delete it. I was just curious. I'm like, wow, you're pretty, no, like, we're prepared. <laughs> so, okay, so the next thing is battery-powered radio, and we've talked about batteries a couple times. With a solar flare being essentially wireless, would it not affect batteries? Yeah, and those guys they could, like... They are not... Hear me out on this. Yeah. Okay. Theoretically, they're not big enough to uh, conduct. Okay. The the actual like radio waves. waves? Yeah. The okay. the radio to actually cr- create the like in the air current. Because gotcha. that's why the transformer lines are the big threat. It's because those are. It's like, like a lightning rod. Essentially. Yeah. They're like giant lightning rods. Gotcha. So could phone lines work? Not cell phone. Actual telephone lines work. Unclear. Because. Like their land. telegraph lines, the land, their telegraph lines were working. They didn't have to battery power them or anything. Nowadays, when land lines now, work. Land lines pre everyone switching them to digital in the last two years. Oh. Yeah. Yes. Now, no. No shoot. And I don't think I could get a hold of anybody I wanted to because nobody has a landline. <laughs> yep. Let's dial True. this. Does That's this fair. Work? My yeah. parents still have a landline, but it's but yeah, even, yeah. Even their landline at some distribution center that's like between them and the main hub is probably gets converted to digital now. Yeah. Because that's the way a lot of them have moved. Oh, no, I totally know that because uh, my husband's grandparents uh, were forced by the phone company to change their type of phone because they were switching to digital. Mm -hmm. And they flat out refused to buy a phone that was compatible with the phone company. So the phone company gave them a phone. (laughs) Just like, for the love of God. Yeah, so... Wow. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, we're not, okay. you're like, you're not going to force us to buy a new phone. But they're old, so it's whatever. Uh, <laughs> so next we've got canned and dry food for enough for several days at least, which, like they say, is the bare minimum. I think I think a week is like a healthy, normal, like what a human being keeps around. At the point sure. where you've got like three months worth of, unless you're in a place with harsh winters, because like my True. grandparents oh, yeah, yeah. would have had like, food stocked up for for months and months yeah. in their cellar and stuff like that and my parents uh would have like a good food stash and, or not stash but freezers full of stuff from like uh they'll do a cat fat calf at a time so mm. they'll have like a freezer full of beef yep. yep which they're gonna have to eat real quick well no if it's if it's in the winter time oh yeah sure. good, good call good call um and then uh they can just they've got several smokehouses and stuff so they could like smoke and preserve a lot of it there's actually a way you can can meat 
where it produces its own juices, mm -hmm. and then it'll last for like six to eight months just on a shelf. I'd believe that. So let's see. Um, that way you can hole up at home. Food for your pets or other animals. Gotta think about those fur babies. If, if you put your candle or lantern in front of a mirror, uh, you almost double the light you get from it. Is it bad that as soon as I saw that, what my brain was thinking, if you put the candle in front of the mirror, that's how you can summon Bloody Mary. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. Different episode. You Sorry, know, folks. That's funny because when I saw that line, I was like, oh, that's exactly what I did when we had the ice storm. Like I was, I had like little mirrors and I like put the candles on top of the mirrors and Dominic was like, oh my God. Like, it, yeah, I'm like, yeah, that's how light works, weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> like it's going to reflect off the surface. So yeah, yeah. that's, that's all I've got on uh, the Carrington event, but uh, I always think this is an interesting one because there's no there's no like sci-fi paranormal to this. This is a thing that happened, yeah, and a thing that can happen again. You know, so do you dreams. know, or has there been anything documented about a person physically feeling the effects of a solar flare like that? Nope. You you don't. The, the, if you were just a human and didn't have any tech or anything around. The thing you're going to notice is really spectacular aurora borealis all over the Earth. Oh. Even, like, in the equator, like in the tropics, you'll see aurora borealis. And Even that would be kind of worth it, because, I mean, I want to see that. And then, you know, here comes the, you know, dystopia. <laughs> 30 days of night type stuff. And yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. Because, like they said, that uh, you know, they're in, like, New York, and they can... Or I guess the rep it's in the New York Times, but the report was from Boston that they could sit outside at 1 a.m. and read read a newspaper. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I heard it's almost like our summers here. Yeah. <laughs> well, I read. I also read another account too that uh, some of the birds actually woke up, and some guy was like mad about the birds being up, so he shot and killed a couple <laughs> because he didn't want them chirping because he was trying to sleep or whatever. And, it, and the newspaper worded it, but unfortunately, you know, the birds met their demise. <laughs> it's like, well, that's kind of a nice way of putting it. Aww. Well, they actually cared about the animals. That was kind of surprised they didn't name them and just leave out the fact they were birds. Oh well, I don't know. It was like the I, I think they the birds are warblers like a bird. I think that's what the article said. Pete Duckington did not make it home. Yeah. <laughs> Who names their kids them. Pete Duckington? Ducks do. Oh yeah. Okay. So yeah. And Howard. Howard. Yeah. Yeah, it's just kind of a cool, not-so-cool event. Yeah, we keep being like, so it's cool. We're, we're very laid back. It's <laughs> like, like, so the <sighs> million's dead and trillions of dollars in damage. It's cool. What's What evs? Yeah, but what does money matter at that point in time? Because it's like, you pretty much, like, you have to spend it. Like, and and it's you're gonna... debt-free after that, hopefully, so that's yeah. cool. That's my only hope, is that I'm just like... I'm just like, please just nuke the student loans. If yes. You just take oh out those. God. So what is, yeah. I'm sure you can't answer this because it's one of those questions that probably nobody can answer. What is the speed of a solar storm? Like if somebody was physically watching for it at all times, oh. how long would it of a heads up would we it, have? It varies. Um, the fastest it's going to be is we will have like uh, eight to 10 minutes warning and mm. that's it okay because it takes eight minutes for daylight to travel from the earth to the sun so that's a really powerful really fast projection yeah. they said it can vary anywhere between that and 45 minutes okay so, so eight minutes to unplug all of your stuff so it doesn't get damaged jesus like that, well, if it's that the fast, even, they're not even going to warn you. You know, no. yeah, that'd be sad. Could you imagine like trying to get that warning out? Like you couldn't. Like you literally could not get it out fast. I don't know. What about it that? It would literally be all like, "There's a solar storm coming in," and like that would be it. Like you'd be cut off. Yep. And then I don't know because like phone services are pretty good about warning you about stuff like that. What was true? Yeah, yeah. What I was heard. that missile warning that was fake that people got over their phones not long ago? Oh, in Hawaii. Oh, yeah, in Hawaii, like the that went emergency quick. broadcast system, but they still had electricity to do it. Right, but and I mean, that if has they a have lot of redundancies that... and backups to the emergency broadcast system. Right, but if stuff is literally being taken out at the source and like communication wires and but it hasn't been cut out yet. Like you know, it's going to happen. Right. You send out the message and it hasn't you been might cut off get yet. It. Right, so some most people might get that message over their cell phones. Right, and then you know, but I think the politics and how people are so freaking like it would right. be it, it would get caught up in the politics of it. 
it and nobody would get the message because everybody would be like, well, Verizon needs to do it this way. And it's like, right. fuck you guys. Like, just do yeah. it, you know? I I do not have a lot of confidence in the unity in our national unity right now to come together on something like this. So I'm just kind of like, That's we do not statement. have any natural disasters or anything for, the next, say, the next, like, three years or so. That'd be really great. Yeah. yeah. My luck, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I had a notification. What was that? Oh, yeah, power's out. <laughs> <laughs> Your phone wouldn't even work. It'd be like a brick. Everybody's right? definitely yeah. get bricked. Well, see, I don't... I think it would, but I don't know for sure. Because it's kind of like the batteries where it's like... So small. It's not oh, a giant I receiver see. of energy from... Right. True. So we need to buy a whole bunch of, like, mobile charging devices. Yeah, but who are you going to communicate with? Well, you can play video games and not go crazy. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. yeah, and I don't know. I wonder. No, because you wouldn't have cell service. Never mind. I was gonna yep. say, I wonder if you put off a Wi-Fi signal off your phone, but <laughs> that won't work. <laughs> we America bands together to create a chain of Wi-Fi. I mean, be, <laughs> be totally honest. Like, how often is it like during like a power outage that like you try to like use your device and like go on the internet or something or you know do something that requires yeah. electricity and you're like, son of a. Bitch, like, yeah, you know, because you're just like you just go through your natural motion. When the when the power goes out and like my TV kicks out, I'm like, oh, we'll just go to the laptop. Like, oh yeah, and that's down. Yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like still doesn't do anything for me. Yes, like ah, no it big deal. It seems to be three days to a week. Somebody gets forcibly unplugged that they start to yeah not miss it and be like, oh my god, I I like experience my real life again and stuff. Right, but. uh God, I, I hope nothing comes along and forces us to experience real life. Because I really like my air conditioning and all my games on Steam and my podcasts. and Yeah. yeah so I'm comfortable where I'm at, but I really do want to be put into a survival situation. I kind of do, too. I, too. Too much history. I've read too much history. I got your back, okay? Enjoy that shit. I got your back. Uh. Oh, I can get my back. I, I do, Don't let my... Being like a realist and being like, no, it's not going to be pretty. No, it is going to be terrifying. Make you think that I wouldn't know what I was doing or wouldn't oh, have I believe like some ideas to... about what I'd be right. doing. But I know enough to be shitlessly terrified of it. Let's put it yeah. that way. That's actually a really scary thing to hear. Truthfully. There was a really cool TV show I used to watch uh, where basically took a group of people and put them in a warehouse in, like, downtown L.A. And, the like, Colony? Yeah, that was That amazing. was a great show. I loved that. One of the things that I learned from there that blew my mind that I could probably never recreate is when they purified water off Me too. batteries. I've always wanted to do that. I'm like, that. It, what was that called? Like, I can't remember. Well, it was batteries, and then it was uh, they basically put charcoal. A, yeah, they put an electrical charge through the water, and it filtered the water. So, yeah, it was like ionizing or... Yeah, something. Oh, that's amazing. Electrolysis or... Yeah, it was something ion something. Yeah, it was... Water so that it kills all the microbes and stuff like that. Oh, cool. And then they filtered it through like a gigantic thing of... Like actually charcoal. charcoal Mm -hmm. and then other stuff and then more charcoal so that by the time it gets to the bottom, it's just purified water. It was that was And they an made amazing... it out of just drums they found in that warehouse. Oh, stuff like cool. That. It was an yeah. amazing show. Really amazing show. Oh, like, man. they paired up, like, scientists to, like, just, like, survival people to, like, professors really? to, like, just to come together. And, like, they basically put them in a scenario, and they do, like, a whole psychological explanation yeah. of how, like, it takes so many days for them to be in the scenario to actually feel like they're living it. And, yeah, like, all yeah. these things. So people in it have been in it for so long, they feel like it has become that life. Wow. And they kind of gave the, it was like a reality show or Survivor or something like that where they gave them missions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So at one point they had. Well, you got to move the story they forward. Had, yeah, they, they had to add a narrative, but it was clever the way they did it where, like, they brought in traitors. Mm-hmm. Oh. And like, they, but they had to figure out if they were traitors or raiders. <gasps> yeah. And so they had to oh. figure out if they trusted the guy and opened the gate of their <gasps> compound yeah. and let him in. Wow. He it's... turned out to be legit. I watched one of them that they got raided and all their food storage was taken. Shit. Oh, that's right, because there's one where they, they where they did get raided and somebody punched a hole through the back yeah. of the warehouse and got at their food. Yeah, because they went on a scavenge and there's like three people left that couldn't do anything by themselves, so they just basically let them take it. Yeah. Because uh. like they like these colonies were making like primitive makeshift weapons. Like they made a flamethrower and like these actors who were the raiders were getting like attacked, like legit attacked. Jesus. It was a really good show. 
Yeah. Is that would that be like on Netflix or Hulu or like? Uh, I, don't know. I, I originally we could check if it's still on Netflix. It's not on Netflix anymore. Damn. I originally watched it. They have a new show called Colony, and it's not the same right, thing. Right. Damn. Um, but it was very good. I can't remember what it originated off of. Was it? It A&E was like Learning Channel, I think. History or something. Sure, discovery, sure, sure. something. something yeah, like I think that. it was like it was, disco- it was from the Discovery family of networks. Gotcha. Yeah. I'll have to find that. It was Sounds amazing. Really cool. So definitely look that up. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. there was along that same vein. Because uh, there was one series that I watched called Kids Incorporated, I think, or Kids USA, or I don't know. But basically. Kid Nation. Kid Nation. Thank you. So basically. I'm like an encyclopedia TV show. You are. Yeah. yeah. It was basically they brought all these kids together. Um, right, eight, the age range was from seven was the youngest. And I think 12 was the oldest. And they put them all together in like this pioneer type colony. And they were like, we want to see what it would be like if kids ran the world. Mm. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And, like, the first day, they got no instruction. And the kids actually kind of like, okay, like, we'll make dinner. Like, these, like you know how to, do you know how to cook? Do you know how to cook? And then they kind of, like, asked a bunch of questions. Mm. There's a few kids there who are, the, like, older ones, like, kind of, like, rallying together and, like, trying to, like, get things figured out. And, like, and I was like, oh, this is really cool just to see, like, how they would run things and it was actually working really well but then of course you know reality tv producers have to be like well we gotta give them stuff to do yeah and wasn't it controversial it was so controversial because yeah, yeah and it was just like they gave them like all these like tasks and competitions yeah, and like monetary questions yeah. about like paying off the parents and then having the kids live through this oh yeah and that then, too yeah Plug, uh, yeah, it, and survivor then lawsuits means kids and all sorts of yeah. It was <laughs> it wasn't pretty. I remember that you know it's like one it, its ratings failed, but two the second thing was just like it got super expensive just from a legal and liability and a like bad press standpoint. Oh once yeah, it got yeah, going. But the other, the one thing though that I just I didn't like is that the whole point was that there was no money like in the first like episode or something like that. And then finally, then the adults of course have to step in and like and you know move the story forward. Like okay, now we're gonna have a money system. It's like no, you a holes. Like that was the whole point of the experiment <laughs> was to see how kids would run things. Would they need to make money? Would they not? You know if how you ever, would they work it out? I, I can't remember if it's the first or second Freakonomics book, but if you've read either one of those. There's these gibbons or whatever that they studied, because they their social groups are a lot like humans. Oh yeah. And in the laboratory, they introduced a money system that was like this is worth so many grapes. Oh. And they taught the apes that or the little gibbons that, and eventually, it got to the point that there was like pimping and prostitution. <gasps> And, like, organized crime and stuff like what? that. And, like, people, there were, like, people who were trying to, like, scam the system. and Or Gibbons. little Gibbons that were trying to scam. It got so incredibly complex that the ethicists that monitored the study forced them to stop. And so, and then it, and then that ended up being worse because it, like, totally broke apart their little Gibbon society. And they had, like, a devil of a time getting them to, like, reform their, any kind of social groups and stuff afterwards. Oh, my and, God. How big is a Gibbon? I mean, we're talking like little monkeys. I think I should look. We could do, we could do a whole <laughs> a whole episode about about that experiment. Oh my god, I'd never heard about and that's, that. And that's only like one chapter in Freak. Th- those books are amazing, but that's only like one chapter. Oh, there's like different one, like every chapter's a story like that's that. That's amazing. I need I need that book. Like like one one chapter is the this teacher that sits down and is uh, with this administrator in Boston, and he's just like. Uh, you you cheated on your you know no kids left no child left behind tests, uh, you did really good covering it up, but I have you know I'm this professor from Boston I'm here with the Department of Education I developed an algorithm that proves that you're cheating, cheating. yeah, uh, and that your numbers are not random. Oh, this like very complex ra- algorithm to rule out yeah. ra- like that clearly these were like a human being filled these in. Yep. And I can prove it mathematically, and you are fired. <gasps> and that's how the like chapter two begins, is with that whole story Damn. of him and this calculus professor that like yeah. came up with the system so that he could immediately look at test scores and and figure out if they were doctored at all or not. Wow! Without even knowing the students. That's incredible. Ah. Uh, yeah, it's it, it's Freakonomics. It's Freakonomics! So, this has been Macabre Grimoire, shamelessly plugs Freakonomics. Oh my god, yes. 
I didn't even introduce it. It was chapter eight at the beginning. It's been so long since we've recorded. Sorry, listeners. You're, you're fine. <laughs> I, I'm sure they'll figure it out from the whole like title on the podcast. Yeah, and all that, they got it. That's a good point. They're smart. And what comes after seven and before nine. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> There's a numerics thing. In yes. There. Yeah. Unless but Aries it's some not kind good of at math. Mysterious lost not. episode. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. last episode. There you go. Yeah, yeah. So, but uh, are we good to wrap up? I think we're gonna wrap it up. Right. And if you don't hear from us uh, on chapter nine, happy Carrington event. Yeah, happy Carrington <laughs> event, everyone. <laughs> we'll we'll see you around the barrel fire. <laughs>